speak briefly on salvation for families and friends. And then we'll pray. Trust in God that our families and our friends will be saved. It's not enough for us to be saved and know that one day we are going to go to heaven. But we need to think about our friends, our family members, those who are not saved. What is going to be their end? So we need to, I believe that salvation is the most important thing on earth. We can provide for our families. We can give gifts to our friends. But if we don't pray for their salvation, at the end of the day, everything that we have here on earth is temporal. Everything, there's nothing that is permanent. But eternal life is permanent. And that should be our goal. That should be our objective. That our friends and our families will be saved. I believe when Jesus Christ came here on earth, the most important thing that he cared about was the salvation of men. And so that should be our preoccupation as Christians that we will care so much for the salvation of people um, that our, our mind, everything we are doing as Christians, as a church, should be, should be focused on salvation because Jesus, got, <clears throat> Jesus Christ gave his life for the salvation of people, not for any other thing but that people will be saved and they will have the God type of life. And so that should be our focus as children of God, that we always want to put salvation first and salvation forward. So I'm going to share um, a short exhortation and then we'll pray for our friends and our families. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 7. The Bible says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Colonius, a centurion of what is called the Italian regiment, <clears throat> a devout man, one who feared God with all his household. He gave arms generously to the people and prayed to God always. But then about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Colenius. And when he had observed him, he was afraid and he said, What is this, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon. Atena, whose house is by the sea, he will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Colinus called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So, so when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. I mean, as I was reading this text right now, there are a lot of things that is coming into my mind. The Bible says that this man who was called Colinus, obviously he wasn't saved, but he gave generously to people who were in need. One thing that this scripture points out to us, because of his generous giving to people, he caught the attention of God. And so generosity is something that God really cares about. As believers, we need to practice generosity, giving to other people. Because this man who 
seemingly didn't know much about Jesus Christ or didn't know much about salvation, who was a Gentile, because of his giving, he caught the attention of heaven that an angel was sent to him. This man who seemingly was an unbeliever had a vision of an angel. This also tells me that vision is not reserved for people who are super spiritual. It's not reserved for people who have a certain degree or a set, who, has attain, who have attained a certain level of prayer or who pray in a certain way or who spend a number of hours praying. This man had a vision of an angel standing before him and speaking to him. And so don't, in your mind, don't think that vision is reserved for certain class and certain special people. The Bible says in the end times, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. These are things that has been given and made available through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so when somebody says he has seen a vision, it does not make the person super spiritual. But vision is, is something, it's a way that God uses to communicate to every one of us. So if you are a child of God, don't, don't think that vision, receiving a vision or Receiving a dream or God speaking to you is above you. This man was praying. Giving, he was giving arms. He was praying. And when you read further in the passage, you see that the man was actually fasting at that time. And so there is some type of emphasis on fasting as well in this passage. When I'm gonna, We're going to read that portion later. Because when this man finally met Peter, he said, I was fasting and praying and I saw in a vision. And so when the man saw in the vision, the angel spoke to him and the angel gave him specific direction, more than GPS. The angel said, you, so he, the angel said, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa, specifically. And he said, send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon Etena, whose house is by the sea. The angel gave specific instructions. I've heard the testimony of one man of God who was in Nigeria. He was praying. He was believing God for something. And there's another man of God who is in the U.S. Who was very rich. And God gave this man in the U.S. specific instructions for the man in Nigeria. And gave the man's phone number to this man. And the man called the man in Nigeria and told him that whatever you want, just tell me. And the man said, I wanted to come, I want to come to the US for Bible school. And that's what I've been praying about. And the man sponsored him and brought him to the US for Bible school. Paid for his expenses. I mean, this story seemed like a fairy tale. Because in our generation. This will be like something that cannot happen. But did it happen in the Bible? Yes, it did. Can it happen in 2023? Yes, it can. Because this man was somewhere praying. An angel came to him, gave him somebody's address, gave him the person's name, gave him the exact location the person is staying. These things happen in the Bible. They are not fairy tales. They still happen. But can we believe God enough? I, I personally believe this is not a thing of the past. It's not only a Bible thing. It can happen now. And it still happens. God speaks to people who 
God can speak to you about people you have never met, people you, you don't know, and God can give you specific instructions about people who you have not met. This thing still is the same God. It is the same spirit. It is not only in the Bible, but it happens in real life as well. And so Colonial sent out to the angel. One thing also that we see here that the preaching of the gospel until the end of the age, the preaching of the gospel has been left for men and not for angels. And so the angel could have just told him, just preached to him the salvation message. But the angel directed him to Peter. Now we have had testimonies of how angels reveal themselves to people. And through that, the people begin to study the Bible. The people begin to learn about God and the people are saved. This man did something that provoked the attention of heaven. And an angel was sent to him, directing him to go and invite Peter to come and preach the gospel message. God was using this as a means to minister to Peter himself and also to minister to this man. Because when you read again in Acts chapter 10, Peter also had a vision and was thinking about the interpretation of the vision. So God spoke to two people who were in separate geographical location using two different means to speak to. In, in Peter's vision, in Peter's um, 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 trance, it was symbols that God used. But in, in Colonials, uh, in the case of Colonials, he used an audible voice to speak. So God used different means and different mediums to speak to different two, two different people about the same situation. And so God used this as an opportunity to also tell the disciples to go out there and preach to the Gentiles. And so in Acts chapter 10, verse 24, Bible says, And the following day they entered into Caesarea. So Colonials has sent out people to go and invite Peter to his house. The Bible says that the following day they went to Caesarea. Now Colonials was waiting for them. And he had called together his relatives and his close friends. This is my emphasis for today. Everything I have said was just trying to explain the scripture. Colonials invited to himself his relatives and his close friends and so he saw a great opportunity to hear the gospel he saw great salvation being uh, um, coming to him in his prayer closet what did he do he invited his relatives and his close friends the first people he taught about was his relatives and his close friends as you have heard the salvation message the people, the people you must think about are your close relatives. The first people you must think about, your relatives and your close friends. Don't just think that you are saved and you're okay. You don't care about any other person. You talk about everything with your friends and with your relatives. But one thing that is the most important thing you don't talk about. You must constantly think about the salvation of your relatives and your friends. Usually every month of September in our church, we pray for salvation for relatives and our friends. Because you see that the gospel, even in the, when Jesus choosing the disciples, you see how brothers brought their brothers to Christ. You see how bro- uh, friends brought their friends to Christ. It is important for us to also know that the best person to preach the gospel to members of your family is you. You are the one who is 
who have access to those people. You are the one that God has placed in the lives of those people, those friends, those um, and those relatives that you can speak the gospel to them. You can draw them to salvation. And therefore, you need to make it a point that you are going to pray and contend for the salvation of your family members. The Bible says, as Peter was coming in, Colenos met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, stand up, I myself am also a man. And he talked with him. He went in and found many who are gathered there. And so when the angel came to Colenos, he only told him that go and invite Peter to come and preach to you. But Colenos took a smart decision to invite all his friends and all his family members to the gathering that they will also hear the message of salvation and that they will also be saved it is your responsibility to invite your friends and your family to god in the book of ezekiel when the bible says that you must warn the sinner of or the wicked one of his ways though he that he might change so that the blood of the wicked one will not come upon you who is the best person to speak to somebody who is in your family who is not saved. Who is the best person to speak to that, to that person? You are that person. It might be your siblings. It might be an uncle. It might be an auntie. You must pray for the salvation of those people. And you must present the gospel to those people. And so Peter told Colonius, don't worship me. I'm just a man like you. Don't bow, don't bow before me. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep the, to keep company with or to go into another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. There is no one on this earth who is disqualified from salvation. No matter how bad they are, no matter what they have done. This is the message God was showing Peter in the vision. That everyone, everyone... Everyone has the opportunity to be saved. And that's why the Bible says, For God so loved the world, he loved the whole world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will believe in him will be saved. So God loved the world. He didn't choose. He didn't choose people that you like. People that There are, there are people in your family that you like. There are others that you don't like so much. There might be friends that you like and other friends that you don't like so much. But God, you, you, don't, you, are, you don't have the place to select who you, have, you must pray for and who you must not pray for. I know there are people that you like and you wish those people would be saved. There are others that you don't like so much. And so you don't, they don't even come to mind when you are praying for salvation. You know, sometimes we are asked to pray for salvation for our family members. And then we set our cast our mind on certain people, oh, who are so lovely, who are so good. And we begin to pray for those people. And we leave behind those people that we think, oh, these guys, they, they were not nice to me. But God was teaching Peter that every single person qualifies for salvation. And do not call them unclean or, or do not disqualify them by your own personal religious selection. You should invite everyone to salvation. Therefore, Peter said, Peter came to Colonus. And you know the end of the story, how Peter was still speaking. And God, approving of Peter's coming, uh, um, poured down the Spirit of, uh, upon all of them, gave them the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues. And Peter said, just like we had from 
in the beginning is the same thing that happened when peter later was narrating the experience that was the description he gave he said that the same experience we had in the beginning is what they are they are experiencing now i still hope that i'll have some time left for us to pray so i'm gonna move a little faster now in in, in acts chapter 16 verse 24 to 34 the Bible talks about Silas, Paul and Silas, when they had been in prison just for preaching the gospel. And the Bible says in verse 25 that at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors. Supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Says, what must we do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of God to them, to him, and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and immediately he and his family were baptized. And so this is the story of a jailer, the one in charge of Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas went into this city preaching the gospel. They were arrested, they were beaten, and they were put into prison. But the Bible says that at midnight, they rose up, they praying, they were praying, they were singing, and they were praising God. So these were men who had been beaten for preaching the gospel. They didn't do anything wrong. They, they had been beaten for preaching the gospel, and yet... They were praising God, they were singing, and they were giving glory to God, even in prison. In the midst of their pain, they were still praising God. And so, there was an earthquake, and the whole prison doors were open. And, and the Bible says, everyone's chains fell. And so, the chains did not just fall off Paul and Silas, but the chains fall off all the other prisoners, and the doors were open. And so the jailer or the prison officer, when he saw that the doors were, were open, he thought that this man had run out. So he was about to kill himself. But the Bible tells us that it was an opportunity for Paul to preach the gospel to this man. And so Paul preached and said, listen, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. He says that when you are saved, your household is also going to be saved. So when you believe in the gospel, you'll be saved and your house is going to be saved. And so we need to declare that as for us and our house, we are all going to be saved. There's not going to be a situation where one of our children will go wayward. They will be saved in the name of Jesus. There is not going to be a situation where any of our spouse will go wayward. They will be saved in the name of Jesus. We have to continue to believe God for the salvation of every single person in our family. There is no way that any of our siblings will go wayward. They will all be saved in the name of Jesus. We have to believe God and continue to pray for their salvation. As long as we are in that family, as long as we are in that house, as long as we are still on earth here. We have to continue to believe God for the salvation of our uncles, our aunties, our siblings. Every single one of them will be saved in the name of Jesus. 
And this morning, we are going to pray for the salvation of our siblings, of our uncles, of our close friends. We are going to pray for their salvation. This man, when he was saved, he was not saved alone. His whole family was saved. And so if you are saved alone in your family, it's not enough. It's not enough to just be comfortable and be okay that God has delivered you. And you are, you are, the Bible says the man and his household were all saved. And so we need to believe God for the salvation of our entire family. We believe God for, for the prosperity of our family. But those things are earthly things. They are things that we will leave behind. We want to see all our family members prosper and do well in their careers. We want to see all our family members buy beautiful homes and live a good life on earth. But after all that, what is going to happen to their souls? We need to be passionate and concerned about the souls of every single member of our family. This morning, we want to trust God for the salvation of everyone. I'm going to wrap up in the next 30 minutes. Sorry, in the next 10 minutes, and then we'll start praying. In Mark chapter 9, verse 14 to 24. All right. Let me just talk about this first. Mark chapter 2, verse 3 to 11. The Bible says, And then they came to him, bringing... No. All right. Mark chapter 9, I'm sorry. Let me talk about Mark chapter 9 first because of time. And when he had and when he had came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when he saw him, when they saw him, I'm sorry, all the people were greatly amazed and ran into him, greeted him, and he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son. I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seized him, it threw him down. He foams at mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they may cast it out, but they could not. And he answered and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has this been, has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And often he was he has he has thrown him down into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father or child cried out with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my own belief. Now, this is a father who has brought his child to Jesus Christ. I wanted to balance it by adding a story of a mother who also brought the child to Jesus Christ. There's this Syrophoenician woman who brought Syrophoenician woman who brought the daughter to Jesus Christ. 
But today we'll just talk about the man who brought his son to Jesus Christ. And he said, this is the condition of the son. The son had been in that condition from his childhood. And he brought the son to Jesus Christ, pleading with Jesus Christ that, Lord, if you can do anything, please help us. That's how we have to take our children before God and pray for their salvation and pray for their deliverance and believe God. Look at the response Jesus Christ gave him. If you believe, all things are possible to him who believe. All things. This statement has not stopped being true. It was not only true in the Bible era, but it is true in this generation. In this year, 2023, this statement is still true. All things are possible for he who believes. He was talking about the condition of the child. There are certain conditions that it's out of medical range. Medicine cannot do anything about them. And so you need to bring those conditions to Jesus Christ. The Bible, Jesus Christ told him, if you will believe, all things are possible. This man was believing on behalf of his children. Oh, sorry, on behalf of his child, that his child would be set free from that condition that has been with him from his childhood, from his birth. You see, sometimes we adopt secular approach to things and we think like secular people and we think like people who don't have Jesus Christ in their life. Right now, there are a lot of things that the world celebrates that believers will not celebrate. I mean, there are some Christians who find it okay comfortable to celebrate those things that the world celebrate but believe you have to your your mindset your orientation and your thinking has to align with the bible there might be things that the world celebrate but as a believer you will not celebrate those things the bible says that if you believe all things are possible this man Believed was believing Jesus Christ for the healing of his child. He was believing Jesus Christ for you. If you see, if you, you pay attention to the scripture, you see how passionate the man was concerning the child's condition. Because this was a child who has been limited by, by, by this particular condition. And he brought it to Jesus Christ. We need to take such situations to Jesus Christ in prayer. Because the Bible says that if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. The scriptures of the word of God is not against medicine. It's not. But where medicine, where medicine cannot go beyond, you need to believe God. Because there is nothing that is irreversible by God. There is no situation that God cannot intervene. There is no condition that God cannot reverse. And so this man brought the child to God. This was a situation that has been from him from, with, from his childhood. And the man could have chosen to just say that, okay, yeah, I'll just celebrate this condition. That's how God created him. And so I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not, I mean, I'm not against the people who celebrate certain conditions. Every believer, you see, everyone has a level of faith, a measure of faith. Everyone walks in the revelation that they have concerning God's word. But when you find something in the scripture, it is enough basis to believe God and to take every situation to God in prayer. And so we must, we must be mindful how people throw things at us and the world expect us to conform. We must not conform. 
we are not people who are called to conform to the world. There might be majority who, who will be going a certain direction. It does not mean you have to follow the direction. Follow what the scripture is saying. And as much as I respect other people's view concerning certain things, when I find, it, when I find something in the scripture, I will stick to that. Even at, I mean, at the expense of my life, I will, speak, I will stick to what the scripture says and believe what the scripture says. And so this man took the son's condition to Christ and said, if you can do anything, you see the man's heart, heart cry is that if you can do anything, please help us. And Jesus Christ says, if you believe, all things are possible. Let's believe God for our children. Let's continuously take our children to God in prayer. Every condition, every situation, so far as God is concerned, all things are possible. And so there is nothing or no situation that is out of control so far as God is concerned. All things are possible. It's the same God. The same God from the Bible days is the same God in 2023. And so let's believe God. Let's spend our life believing God and speaking and believe, um, um, speaking and trusting God for the salvation of our children and for their deliverance. Now, this the last one is the story of um, friends who, who took their friend to, to Jesus Christ. They went through all this difficult situation. Time will not permit me to, to break this down. But they had to go through the roof, bring their friend to Jesus Christ. At all costs, we need to bring our friends to Jesus Christ. At all costs. Sometimes it might cost you money, but we need to bring our friends to Jesus Christ. It will cost you money to sometimes bring some friends to Jesus Christ. But spend on those friends. Just bring them to Christ at all costs, at all expense. Because the Bible says that what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There is nothing on earth here that can replace the soul of a man. There is nothing on earth here that is more expensive than the soul of a man. If, if it means spending money on your friend to bring them, spending your time on your friend to bring them to Jesus Christ, please do it at all costs. Your friends and your family members must hear the gospel. So I want us to start praying. I want us to start praying for our friends. First of all, sorry, we're going to start with our family members. Those who are not saved. We just want to bring them to Jesus Christ now. And trust God for their salvation. We want to 